This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back to Sportsbook. I'm your host, Dan Roberts. Thank you for listening. And it's time once again, even though it is the late spring, practically summer, and we're far away from another NFL season, it's time to talk NFL. Uh, As we've discussed on this podcast time and time and time again, NFL has a tendency to dominate the sports media cycle all year round. It's almost like there's no off-season. That's the joke that NFL beat reporters, bless their hearts, often make. And sure enough, this news is causing waves all over the place. It doesn't matter if you're a sports fan or not. You are following this because this is a much bigger story than sports. Uh, NFL owners have met. And on Wednesday of this week, agreed on a new policy regarding kneeling in protest. The policy is they're banning it, effectively. The league is going to fine teams if they have players that kneel in protest. By the way, it isn't just about kneeling, anything other than standing, and not just standing, but showing respect for the flag and the anthem. Here's the official new policy. All team and league personnel on the field shall stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Now, what's new here, by the way, is twofold. Not just that you must stand. That's new from last season. Last season, of course, they didn't punish players who knelt. But you do now have the option to stay in the locker room. So last season, actually, all personnel had to be on the field during the anthem. The new thing is that you can choose to remain in the locker room. But if you're on the field, you must stand or your team will get fined. So many, many tentacles here to this, many implications, uh, many questions arise. And the perfect person to discuss this with me is my own colleague, Yahoo Finance's Rick Newman. Hey, Rick. Dan, what's up, man? My politics friend, Rick. Uh, what is What was your gut reaction, your very first reaction when you saw this news? Incredibly stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, uh, it is worth acknowledging that a lot of uh, NFL fans and just people in general were offended by the players who knelt, especially veterans right. and, and other people who felt it disrespect the flag. And their opinion matters. I mean, it is totally fair to say their opinion matters. And uh, the league in a way, is obviously trying to take that into account. But what it's really doing here is capitulating to President Trump, who, as we know, uh, tried and probably did earn political points on this with his base by going after the kneelers, uh, saying they should get them the hell off the field, they should be fired, uh, and, you know, all that sort of explosive rhetoric. And so the NFL has basically, uh, you know, several months later said, okay, President, we're going to give you what you want and punish these guys. Yeah, and it's it's funny because when you say you know their opinion, the opinion of those who claimed last season that they were turned off from football because of the protest, that shouldn't be discounted. I agree, and in fact, there is some question, and it's really impossible to know of exactly what the numbers are because. What I think a lot of people are assuming is that even though we all agree now that those people exist, that there are at least some number of people who turned off football last year because of the protest, because it offended them, what I think most people assume is that it's a minority. But we really don't know. In fact, for all we know, it's the majority that was offended by those protests. And maybe the NFL owners believe that in doing this new policy, they are pleasing more people than they're offending. But, you know, we just don't know. But if I had to guess, I actually would bet that they're going to offend more people now. Well, that, and that's that's my bet, too. But in, in, instead of um, trying to calculate this in terms of um, how do you offend the least amount of people, I think that I think as a management approach, that's just the wrong approach. Mm. And the thing that uh, I mean, I'm 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 coming at this more as a um, uh, from a perspective of management and leadership. 
Um, and uh, when you, you know, you st- there are a lot of companies uh, that have to deal with problems like this. Starbucks comes to mind. I oh, mean, yeah. They just had to deal with this recently with racial insensitivity in a store, and now they're changing their policies. They've dealt this, with this before. I mean, a lot of companies with public shareholders do have to deal with these touchy issues all the time. And there is generally there's no single solution that gets you off the hook. I mean, the sort of way this happens is it's messy for a while and you try to do your best uh, to show sensitivity to everybody. There is usually not a single policy that solves the problem. Usually you do have to muddle your way through. um, But you have to accept that there is a cost to, I mean, being as socially relevant as the NFL is or as Starbucks is. I mean, you are in a position where you interact with the majority of America, including people on every side. And you have to find a way to achieve a balance. And I think what the NFL here is basically said, okay, we're going to change our policy. We are going to accept the fact that we're going to really piss off people on one side in order to appease people on the other side. That is not the way to do it. Right. I'm glad that you are framing this as a management type of discussion because there are so many different, as I said, tentacles to this story. You know, yes, it's a sports story, but it's so much bigger than sports. It's also politics, but it's also a business story. It's a financial story because of the way in which the protests last season, but really more Trump's crusade against the protest affected the NFL's business. As I said, you know, we know that ratings were down last season on an average of 10% in primetime and I am of the opinion that was due to many, many different factors, but one of them was this political controversy. We don't know, of course, what percentage, how much of the problem, how much of the decline was due to that, but certainly some amount of it was due to that. And so when you look at sort of the response here, management-wise, what I think is so interesting is can you think of another job, I guess military or maybe government, but other than that, where respecting and honoring and loving the flag, a a symbol – is a requirement of the job because the NFL is now saying that if you're a pro football player, your job isn't just play football. It's also respect the U.S. flag. And it's respect the U.S. flag in a manner that the NFL dictates. There are other ways to respect the flag. Uh, I mean, this you know, we've had profound court cases over this in yes. uh, not, so, not so distant history. Um, so, you know, there is some legitimacy to the point people make that, um, look, these players are free to say whatever they want on their own time. This is their workplace. Right. Um, They say, look, they're employees. That's right. Now, on the other hand, when you and I come to work, our employer doesn't say you must before you start your job today, you must stand and respect the flag. I mean, it would be shocking. Almost no employer does that. And uh, I'm not uh, I mean, that's more kind of a constitutional legal question. Like, could an employer even require that? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, but I mean, this gets around to the fact that the NFL is a business, but it's not. It is a unique business. It's not like any business. Uh, it has sort of certain antitrust exemptions that you know more about than I do. There are no public shareholders. It's lightly regulated. Uh, you know, basically, it's a billionaires' club that make their own decisions. Um, and I think the the tension here comes from the fact that this is run. Uh, with rules that are dictated by a tiny group of people who, let's face it, do not even remotely represent the broader fan base. They rep- they represent a tiny portion. I mean, they just they represent the one percent by and large, and they're making decisions for something uh, that has fans all throughout American society, and that's why they're screwing up. As you wrote uh, just yesterday on our site on YahooFinance.com, you're right. Billionaires Club, and this decision makes billionaires look absurd. Uh, it makes it look like they really have no idea 
what people uh, think and feel in real America. Mm. I mean, they certainly know what President Trump thinks and feels. They are they've paid attention to that. and They've basically taken their marching orders from him. Uh, th- are they paying any attention at all to the grievances that some of the players have? And look, I recognize that the, I, I acknowledge the criticism that, look, these guys, these guys are by and large very wealthy. The players, uh, they don't they don't really represent, uh, at least mm. today. Right. Uh, the what we think their grievance is, which is, uh, you know, social justice in inner cities and impoverished uh, minority communities and things like that. But many of them come from those communities. And, um, and some of them still get profiled, even though abs- they are rich absolute, NFL players. Absolutely right. So, uh, again, I think you have to go back to the fact that this is messy and making rules is not really the way to get through it. Yeah, the team owners, it's not like they've broken the law. I mean, they can, as you say, they can basically do whatever they want. But the whole point of the CBA is that the union should, at the very least, be consulted. Yes. And as the NFLPA statement concludes, we will review this and if we choose to, you know, object to it and, and challenge it. So I think you will see some kind of challenge. So what recourse does the union have? Challenge it as, a, as an NFL policy and say we want this policy reviewed and perhaps changed? Or could it be on the field? Uh, activities or what? Well, I think on the field would be a different form. That wouldn't really be the NFLPA anymore. That would be individual players choosing to do something. Uh, But I think what's most likely when there's a dispute like this is you end up with meetings in which the door is closed and we only get little leaks in the press. And it's some of the owners, the most influential ones, usually, gee, Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft, uh, Rooney. And of course, in all of this, one of the more influential ones has been Trump friend uh, McNair, the Texans owner. And then a few player reps, some of the reps, and I I forget who they are, but then, of course, and the head of the NFLPA. But I think it's not crazy to take this to its logical conclusion, which is what's the worst possible thing that could happen? We could see a strike. We could see a player strike. It's happened before. There was almost an NFL lockout uh, back in 2011. I remember when, uh, and, and it was the year that Cam Newton was entering the league. I remember writing about this back when I was at Fortune. And, you know, we did a whole hypothetical of here are all the different parties whose business interests would be hurt if there is a lockout. And then they avoided a lockout, but we've seen it happen in other leagues. There was an NBA lockout uh, not that long ago, sometime in the last six years. And I remember that as a result, that season, the NBA season started late, like close to Christmas. And I thought it was much better. It was much shorter. <laughs> I think it should always start well, that so, late. So here's a question. Was were none of the owners thinking about any of this? I mean, we're, we, we don't know. We don't, that, we don't know. Obviously, now yeah. supposedly this was uh, the, the vote was unanimous in favor of the uh, of this policy among those who voted. It looks as if there were a couple abstentions, um, but I, I just have to ask myself: Was nobody in the room thinking what? Are the blow? What's the blowback going to be from this? What, th- what, are, what are the second order consequences? Yeah. What are the third order consequences? Are we actually making a contra- this controversy worse than it was before? I think I'm sure some thought that, but the appeal of what they thought was putting this to rest was just clouding their minds and was too great. I mean, we know from leaked audio that the Times came out with just a month ago of the initial meetings that were now already months ago when. We were in the thick of this, and Trump was tweeting about this every day, and Trump was making it such an issue. We know from some of the things that were said in that meeting that have since come out that the owners, just as everyone suspected, but maybe even more so, were so, you know, wringing their hands over this, so upset. Just try, how can we get out from this? How can we get Trump to move on and ignore us? Leave us alone. How can we? Oh, my God. And it's like, I mean, I think the influence that Trump's kind of public crusade on all this has had cannot be overstated. I think that he 
you know, took on the NFL. As I've written, Trump has kind of been at war with the NFL since the 80s when he wanted to buy a team and, and didn't get it. And he's always wanted to be an NFL owner. And I think at some point he decided, whether consciously or unconsciously, that he is at odds with the NFL and hates them and, and wants to ruin I think, them. I think you could. And he's won. Perhaps a clearer way to put it is he just bullied the NFL into getting what he wanted, and they caved. It's just a craven decision, and not because they should oppose Trump, but they should say, you know what, this is our organization, not yours. Uh, If it's going to cause us a a little bit of political heat to run it our way, we'll take the heat. Instead, they said, we don't want to take the heat, but they're going to end up taking more heat. Right, they should say butt out. Uh, Rick, we've been talking about the initial reaction and how we feel about this decision, kind of speaking in the present. Uh, Next, I want to look at the future and at the possible things that might now happen as a result, the fallout. First, we're going to take a short commercial break, so listeners, stick with us. And we're back. Okay. I'm Dan Roberts. I'm here with Rick Newman. Hey, Rick. Hey. Let's keep going. Uh, As I said before the break, you know, The problem with the policy is how vague it is. And I think very quickly, it's only been 24 hours as we record this, but a lot of people are picking up on some of the things that aren't said. And as a result, some of the questions arising. So, for example, the policy says that all personnel, and by the way, that's not just players. I mean, if a trainer wants to protest, they're in trouble too. All personnel, league and team, must stand and respect the flag and the anthem. So, you know, one thing a few players did last season was instead of kneeling, some of them raised a fist as they stood. And in case anyone is wondering, and some are, well, would that be allowed? And Rooney of the Steelers, for one, has already said, no, he thinks that would be disrespectful. So you have to wonder, will certain players try to find a new way to protest? Uh, I think it's inevitable. Um, who knows? May, who knows? But it just seems like this is going to be a horror show for the league uh, come the first couple of games of the year. What the NFL has done has made itself the arbiter of what constitutes respect mm. for the American flag. So mm. uh, you don't have to be very imaginative to think of a lot of ways you can protest or show your dissatisfaction while still standing. Um, you could sort of crouch. But, but remain on two feet without taking a knee. You could do all sorts of things. You could cover your eyes. You could cover your eyes. You could turn around. Uh, you, could, you could show your back to the flag. But you, what if that's you not have, respectful? You have two appendages above your waist that can do all sorts of things. Uh, so we could see r- some rather interesting, perhaps uh, humorous, creative protesting. Uh, we might, and we, I think we may also, I mean, it's, see people just kneeling and violating the rule. Yes. And, and, and the interesting way this policy is written, it, it, is, it is the team that gets punished with fines, not the individual. So then, and then I think the policy says, the, then it's up to the team to figure out how it wants to handle that. Does the, the team in turn then want to just punish the individuals mm. or will it just uh, absorb the hit? And how much will the fine be anyway? Right. Will it be 50 bucks? No, no, it won't. <laughs> now, of course, as you mentioned, we're already seeing some owners come out and say, you know, I, I'm going to contradicted the current acting Jets owner, Woody Johnson's brother, Chris Johnson, has said if his players choose to kneel, fine, he'll happily pay pay the fines. But you're right to say it forces the the teams to be arbiters of this. It puts the owners in a, in a tight spot. Those owners, we don't know how many that, that oppose this. Uh, I mean, I think they should have just left it alone. I think this issue was kind of already winding down. And now, as a result, you're going to have some players who do protest who wouldn't have otherwise. I think the NFL could have done nothing. And in fact, 
for all the criticisms of this whole thing, I think last season, in general, the NFL actually handled it pretty well. I mean, especially if you compare it to what they've just done, which was they basically did nothing. Occasionally, press would force some kind of statement, and they would just say our statement is, you know, players should stand and we wish they would stand. I mean, I wrote a lot of stories on this. The NFL always said, you know, they should stand, but should was different than must. It was different than shall. It was different than have to. And I'm just so baffled why they suddenly did this when the issue, it seemed like, was dying out. Uh, but yes, it, it puts the Trump owners in a weird Trump spot. Trump beat them. It, yeah. I think it's that simple. I think it just comes down to they, they just cringed when they thought of being attacked again this season by President Trump, which I think would have happened. That's a guarantee. Let me turn the question back on you. So you mentioned earlier in the podcast ratings were down about 10 percent. For the league, do we know yet how that may or may not have affected actual revenue, which is what really matters to the owners? Well, it doesn't affect ad revenue since those things are sold before the season. So, you know, the ratings being down as of yet that season didn't hurt the NFL's pockets at all. Now, of course, when it might hurt is for the next season, which now is this coming season. And I'll bring it back to our current topic. Another thing that could hurt revenue is what if certain sponsors are now pressured as a result of this new policy? I mean, there's so many things that could happen. Let's look at gun control with David Hogg. You know, he is the activist. He's a student at Parkland. And he has... Uh, encouraged his followers time and again to boycott certain companies. He even you know, targeted BlackRock. What if people do the same with NFL sponsors? They say, hey, at PepsiCo, do you agree with NFL owners who are crimping down on free speech? And what if certain sponsors say, okay, I'm not going to sponsor the NFL anymore? Now, as I've always written, it's an easy story to write, but it's always true. It would take a lot for an NFL sponsor to say, I'm out. I'm not going to be an NFL sponsor anymore. Because even when we talk about the ratings decline, the big caveat you have to always give is it's still the biggest show in town TV ratings wise. Yeah, the ratings are down, but it still gets more than so, anything else. So the bottom line uh, financially for the NFL is that at best uh, or at worst might be the way to put it. The rate, the uh, revenue hit would be marginal, probably, right? Maybe in terms of ad revenue, five percent, if if that, if they had done, if if it had continued, and if Trump uh, had continued to attack the league this year, a five percent hit to revenue for an, for a for an operation that's really been growing terrifically for years. I think yep. it's around fourteen billion in annual revenue yep. right now. Um, you know what? That happens in business. All these guys are you know, for the most part, uh, you know, made their money as business people who know that you have uh, up years and down years and you win when you have more up years and down years. If the NFL had to go through a little bit of a turbulent period in terms of revenue, you know, so what? Yep. Agree. Uh, as you actually once said months ago, it could afford to take a haircut. Absolutely. And still be OK. So can the I, question can... is how much of a sustained haircut? So it's fair to ask, what would a better way through this problem have been? And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe this happened behind the scenes. I don't think it did. I don't think we have any information. But it seems that uh, the NFL could have gotten together with the protesting players or with the or with the players, union which it has done. Them. Right. Okay. So and they and they created kind of a social activism outlet. They did. So they are doing something. Charity. And they, and but, they are donating some money, but yep. it's not getting the job done. So why did they not get together? The NFL saying, "Look, we need to solve this problem. We want the protests stopped." But we don't want to force you to stop protesting. We want to know how to address your concerns right. and do something about your concerns so that you don't feel the need to protest anymore. I mean, what I is think, that? I what think is they that? did how try do we, to do how that. Do, well, why couldn't they? Somebody should explain why they could not get to the finish line and come up with a deal. 
Well, one thing that has come out was when you know leaked audio came from that meeting. There, one of the owners was saying, "Oh, we need a good ambassador, a player who can kind of represent and." fix this, you know, it should be a black player. And that was a bad look, the idea that the owners were basically saying, oh, couldn't we find a black player who would stand up and say, okay, don't worry, the protest (laughs) is over. I mean, as you say, they wanted the protest to end, but I would argue that they kind of were winding down. I mean, by the end of the regular season, very few players were even doing this anymore. Right. And I just think they could have left it alone. And when, Trump when you was ask quiet. what should they have done, I think they should have done nothing. And Trump was quieter toward the end of the season yes. than he was at the beginning of the season. Yes. But, you know, what, here's one thing we're not talking about is, is Colin Kaepernick, who got this whole thing started in 2016. Look, the league here's – a, here's a way to at least address part of the problem. Get that guy back in the league. Or, what mm. it, you know, if there is some kind of blacklist against him, blow it up. Uh, say, look, we want to make it okay for teams to hire this guy if they think he's the right guy for them. And by all indications, he did have a place in the league last year. He may have a place in the league this year. Uh, he, but he's not there. So uh, as long as the, you know, it appears that the NFL is sort of fencing him off, I think this problem persists. They could just find a way to get him back, and that would address a big part of the problem. Make Kaepernick the ambassador. Of course. Tur- you know, turn the problem to an advantage. Of course, it's a little late now because he is suing the NFL. So it's you can kind of hard to that. go back. Yeah, you can they settle could. that. They could. It's an interesting proposal. Well, we'll be watching the story closely. There's so much to, more to discuss, and uh, so much is going to change. I mean, the story is rapidly evolving. You know, one thing we didn't touch on, but I think a lot of people have asked this this inevitable question: Is boy, are they going to close concession stands during the anthem? Because what if you know? Is it disrespectful <laughs> if I buy a beer during the anthem? And by the way, you know, you laugh, but already as we record this, I just saw before we sat down that the 49ers are considering doing that, considering uh, stop concession sales during the anthem because you got to be consistent right if you're going to say that players must show respect well then shouldn't shouldn't fans show respect well then uh, maybe the amazing. nfl will pass a rule that say fans must be in their seats maybe during the playing of the national anthem and show proper respect for the flag and if you're not we're coming after you it's amazing it's amazing how politicized it's all become we'll keep discussing thank you rick newman thanks and Dan. thank you listeners uh, always remember that you can rate review and subscribe to the sportsbook podcast and you can find it on all the different podcast platforms we'll be back next Thursday. Thanks. Goodbye.